The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Good morning and welcome back to the Simmons Car Care Talk Show. This is Brian from Automotive Specialist. Your host today and co-host with me today is Jim from Frontier Towing. Hey, Jim, thanks for helping me out on this. Oh, not a problem. My pleasure. My pleasure, Brian. It's always a pleasure to be on the show with you. Good times, good times. You know, we'll pick on that diesel a little bit more. Yeah, sometimes we get these things in with a reduced engine power uh, taking effect, and you go in and you look at the scan data, and you'll see that that particulate filter is all but plugged. I, I've seen them over 100% plugged. I don't know how you can be that plugged. But there are there are times that you can go in and do a regen process, which if you've ever heard that happen, boy, get your earmuffs out. Because you put that thing into regen, you need to open the hood, stay with the vehicle, do not leave. And when it goes into regen, the RPMs are going to go up to about $2,200 or 2,200 RPMs. And that ninth injector, which, believe it or not, on your eight-cylinder diesel, there is a ninth injector, and its purpose is to inject DEF fluid right into the catalyst. And, oh, boy, I've seen exhaust temperatures exceed seven, eight, nine hundred 900 degrees during this process. And that motor is just sitting there screaming, and you're going, God, I hope this thing doesn't blow up. You know, I, have you ever experienced a regen procedure, Jim? Oh, all the time. So regening is, is a fun process. It is the most fun you can imagine. So, you know, normally vehicles regen, diesel vehicles regen on their own during the normal course of driving. And on our on our trucks, they actually have a manual regen button. But, lo and behold, they don't always regen because the computer says, once it throws an error code, everything gets locked out. So if when it's once it throws an error code about the 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 depth system emission system, it locks everything out. So you actually have to do what Brian just said is a manual regen, like a computer in, and for and do a forced regen. And he's right. You wind that motor up, it is just screaming. It is screaming as loud as it can. It's it's the smoke that comes out. You think it was on fire. The black soot that rolls out of a plug DPF is incredible. Just, I mean, yeah. it, literally, it, it, it looks like it's on fire. It, it's amazing, and you don't even want to get close to that tailpipe. I mean, you stand four feet away from that thing, and you, you think you're in an oven. Unbelievable what happens. It is. It really is, and 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 a lot of the ways that the where you have to start is because you can't do anything. You can't even start anything. You can see all the codes, but you can't even do anything because it will not run. Because effectively, what happens is that that catalytic converter, the the diesel um, 
particulate filter, that's why they call it DPF, gets plugged. So now your exhaust, so effectively what you have is a plugged exhaust. The exhaust is plugged. And what happens with a plugged catalytic converter on a car or a, a bad muffler? No, no, no exhaust gets out, so the engine won't run. It just chokes it off and dies. I've towed many cars for converters that have collapsed in upon themselves and they and will not run because the catalytic converter is plugged shut. So no exhaust gets out. No exhaust gets out, the car won't run. Because the car is basically a big air pump. Air goes in, air goes out. No air out, it won't run. So you have to start with the with the regen before you can go figure out if the knock sensor's out, if the if the def uh, hopefully the def injector's working, if the pressure sensors on the on the cans are 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 seeing the correct pressure on the on the front and the back of the, of the DPF. Because it will tell you when you have a plug DPF, it has high pressure at the front and no pressure on the back. So it's it's quite it's quite involved. And like I said before, the top of the hour, you can do everything perfect on your vehicle. You can change your oil. You can service it. You can keep depth. You know, your depth can be perfect. It's never out of date. It's not old. Um, you keep your system clean. There's no water near it, um, and it's still they still fail. They, it's just the nature of the death system. It's so caustic, and it's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that maybe the system just isn't where it needs to be. It works. You know, they haven't really done a whole lot more research on it that I know of. But it just they just get plugged up and fail. And they, I guess, regenning and and doing replacing knock sensors and pressure sensors is just part of routine maintenance now on a diesel. I don't know. Is that a is that a bad assumption, Brian? No, I mean we've got a fleet of them that come through here and you know, we've when the fleet first came to us, they had a lot of their trucks that were you know, having death problems, uh, particulate filter problems. They were plugged. Uh, I did numerous regen procedures with them. Uh there was a couple that we had to replace the systems. Um but by the time we got through the fleet, you know, they're all in good working order right now. But the thing is, with these diesels, you know, some of these construction companies, they'll leave them sitting idle, and that's the worst thing that you can do. I mean, these oh. things need to get out and work. They need to pull. They they need to work. They're not made to just sit and idle. And sitting and idling with a diesel is the worst thing you can do. And that's part of the problem we run into because um – even though we uh, increase our idle during during vehicle loading and unloading, it's still idling. You know, it's still it's still it doesn't it's not driving down the road. So because um, you don't get you get a bump of maybe from idle of you know 600, you get maybe a bump to eight or nine. So, but it's still during the normal course of our work, what we see is that it unless the truck is moving. We it it will get it will have uh, DEF issues, DPF issues because they just they just don't get enough run out, and we actually have to get them out on the freeway and run them, you know, almost up the Picacho and back to get them nice and warm, and get get good flow through them, get them working out, get them like Brian says, get them stressed out, get them running, so they so they maintain their the the flow through the system. Otherwise, they plug up. I mean, I wouldn't know this stuff if I hadn't encountered plugged up TPFs because it happens frequently. So, and we tow a bunch of them for that. 
But I was going to ask you, Brian, have you, have you run across one where somebody's put um, uh, deep uh, death fluid in, in the in the diesel tank? Have you run across that? Not yet. Not yet. Would not recommend even thinking about doing that, though. So we've towed several over the years of people who put death in the fuel system. And what happens? This is what they tell me, like at Ford and, and uh, Chevrolet. What what happens is when you put the death in the fuel tank, the death is so caustic it eats it eats the lines because the lines and the injectors and the re- fuel re- pump regulators and the pumps are not designed to handle that caustic fluid. So you basically are now re- replacing your fuel system, pumps, injectors, lines. Um, Pickup units, in um, uh, you know, like fuel tank, fuel tank sending units, lift the pump, entire lift pump, yes, it, it, all that stuff from from the beginning, and even they even tell me the lines can be affected, you know, so the plastic lines, depending on how long it's been there, I guess, um, so the because of the corrosion factor. Um, this was years ago. Ford told me they had a kit for to replace the, the, all the components if you put depth in your diesel tank. It was $7,000 for the parts. Wrap your head around that. $7,000. That's a ton of money. For the parts. That was not installed. That was not installed. Yep. So, and and I don't know if you work on a lot of Fords or Super Duty trucks, but their procedure is pull the cab. Pull the cab off the truck to do the work. And the reason why I know this because I watched the guy do it at, at Ford. He unplugs it, unhooks it, takes the foremost lift, lifts the cab right off the truck. Yeah, I've done it myself personally. It's That's a job that you look at it. I, I mean, I had to take pictures and everything else of it because I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe that I had to remove the cab. on a, the cab. It was an F-350 crew cab. The cab, all of it. Straight up in the air, you know, you disconnect everything, all the wires and everything off of the engine, get it out of the way, you know, tie strap it back so it's, you know, can clear, and up in the air she goes, and the truck stays on the ground. But you can't service it without doing that. You can't get to the componentry unless you remove the cab, right? There's, there's just yep, physically no exactly. room in there to do it. So, so yeah, you cab- can't get the turbo off. Yeah, nothing. Can't get to any lines. It's so tight. So Ford says, lift the cab. We made it so that you can lift. I mean, I shouldn't say they made it easy, but it, you know, it's it's a it's a ton of work. I mean, think of all the things that you go through to lift the cab: steering gear, you know, every AC lines, transmission cooler lines, you know, engine lines, every electrical every electrical wire on the planet. You know, hoping you don't have anything else on there, and fight all those plugs. You know, fight the plugs to get them apart. Because, folks, pl- electrical plugs on tr- vehicles today do not just readily unseparate. They've got cam locks on them, and you are going to fight them tooth and nail to get them apart. Why? Because, as Brian will tell you, corrosion in the plug causes uh, resistance, which tells the computer that there's a bad signal and yada, 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 you have a failure. No, not so. Not to mention all the dirt and the dust. I mean, we live in the desert. 
you know, I mean, you open up your hood and you see it's covered in dust. Well, all those connectors are full of that dust as well. And those cam lock connectors, boy, oh boy, I, I tell you, I have had some that just will not come apart. And then you hope that they don't break. Because if they right. break, you may not ever yeah. get it apart. Exactly. And, and I never thought they could be that. And they're all the same, folks. I don't care if it's Ford or Dodge or Chevy. They all use. They must go to the same place and buy them because they all look identical. And they can. Some of them just will snap right open. And like Brian said, you get that one that's old and dusty. Uh, you are going to fight it. I mean, two guys on that thing wiggling it. Of course, you know, it's in, it's in the most convenient location. You know, you couldn't reach it, uh, you know, with your arms 40 miles long because it's it's tucked down in the bottom. I don't even know how they put it. I don't know how the guy put the thing together in the factory because it's so far down and you can you can stand on every stool on the planet and you're laying in the hood you're you know you're you've got laying over the top of the motor and you're trying to get that plug apart at at the at the full length of your arms it is can be the most challenging thing ever on top of you need to have all the body tools because you got to pull every clip that holds all the wiring harness down so you can remove this stuff it is it is it is a ton of work just so you could get under, just so you could do the field service work, and then and that's yep. the thing. I mean, so if you think you're going to just pick the cab off your F one or your F three fifty or F four fifty or F five fifty for them, you think you're going to pick your cab off? Yeah, I mean, it, it requires a ton of equipment. I mean, I looked at it and I, you know what, I'm not up for that. I, I I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm not up for that. <laughs> I look at it and go, yeah, yeah, I know the first one that I did, I says, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, it was just unbelievable all the work that was involved in getting that thing off. But, boy, after it was out of the way, things were easy to work on. Just stand right next to it and go for it, you know. But this right. isn't something you're going to do in the backyard, you know. Right, and like you said, once you get it up, it's like, wow, this is cool. Everything is easy to get to. You can reach it. You can see it. You can put your light over it. Hey, there, by the way, while I'm here, I noticed that there's a leak on this hose. You know, there's not a better opportunity to fix it than now. So the one plus side is there's a lot of things you can see that you normally wouldn't see during a, during a normal maintenance, you know. So, hey, by the way, I'm sitting here. I might as well just change this. It's not going to cost you that much more. And it will cost you a lot more for me to have to take the cab back off. And then you know you got to put it exactly. back down. You got you got to put the cab back on the frame. It doesn't just go on, folks, and sit there. It has to be aligned. You have to realign the entire cab to the to the frame of the truck. You know that's that takes a while. It's it's not. It doesn't just sit, drop in there and go. Oh, it's perfect, guys. You have to realign it and set it. That takes time. It's a it is a yep. ton of work. So. Yep, it sure you, is. You know, and getting back to those connectors, you know, I've had vehicles that have come in, and I, I've said this before, you know, many times, test first, don't guess. That's my deal. Evidence-based diagnostics. you got a vehicle that's got all these different codes in it. You know, a lot of times it's just the connections. You don't know how many vehicles I've fixed by unplugging cleaning the connections, applying dialectic grease to the plugs, and putting them back together. 
I can't count how many vehicles I fixed just by that procedure. Because these little connectors, these little tiny pins are just that. They're about the size of a pin. And they they lose their connections inside of the connector. And a lot of times you go in and you clean it with electrical contact cleaner, apply dielectric grease, plug everything back together, clear codes, road test, retest, voila, fixed. No parts involved. That's why I always say, you know, don't be code dependent. Don't just go pull your codes and say, okay, I've got a code for that part. Go buy that part. Put the part on. Guess what? Didn't fix it. Nine times out of ten, it doesn't fix it. It was something else. Test first, don't guess. Speaking of which, automotive specialist, where are we located? We're located at 3611 West Ina Road, Suite 101. That's at Meredith and Ina in the Bookman's Plaza. We're right behind the O'Reilly Auto Parts building. Uh, Meredith is one stoplight east of Ina and Thornydale, so it's real easy to find us. We've been here 28 years. Remember, like I said, test first, don't guess. Our phone number, 572-1734. That's 572-1734. You can also go to our website, which is automotivespecialistsaz.com. You can go there. You can schedule an appointment. Please do. Give us a call, schedule an appointment, get your vehicle in, and we'll help you get that thing fixed and back on the road, running just the way it should. So give us a call, 572-1734. Again, 719-1490, We're almost through the second hour of this show, so give us a call. And let's not forget our other guys, our other sponsors out there. we got uh, Parker Automotive. That's over at the corner of uh, Speedway and Rosemont. It's on the northeast corner there. Uh, 5101 East Speedway, their phone number 520-323-1960, 520-323-1960. Go over there and see Scott. Uh, well, of course, we got uh, uh, Simmons. I can't forget about our, our, our patriarchs, uh, Jerry Simmons, Simmons Automotive over the corner of, of um, the, uh, Ajo and Country Club. Ajo and Country Ajo. Club. Ajo and Country Club. They're just just north. Five two zero eight eight four zero two one seven. Five two zero eight eight four zero two one seven. SimmonsAutoRepair dot com. The uh, remember they do driveline stuff. Drivelines up to eight or nine inches. I think Jerry tells me. Go over there and see Wade. Uh, talk to Wade over there, and uh, they can get you taken care of if you're on the if you're on my side of town. Um, Lens Auto Brokerage, 2101 North Stone. We'll see Brian at Lens. If if you just if you just had it with your vehicle, and you've decided that you 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 don't want to get hijacked for a new vehicle, or you can't find a new vehicle, and you or you just don't want to afford one, seventy seventy thousand dollars for a pickup truck or sixty five thousand dollars for a pickup truck. Uh, my goodness, that's crazy stuff. Anyways, Lynn's Auto Brokerage over there at the 2101 North Stone, uh, lynnsautobrokerage.com, 520-628-7500, 520-628-7500. Tell them that Jerry sent you. It wasn't Jerry today, but tell them Jerry sent you anyways. They, they love hearing from that. 
Um, uh, Javier over at the Spectrum Ina Road Collision. Javier at Spectrum Ina Road Collision. Uh, 520-744-4454. 520-744-4454. They're right there at uh, 4425 West Ina Road. Uh, 4425 West Ina Road. Um, go over there and see them if you have a, uh, if you got a problem with, um, uh, any of your, uh, any headlight issues. They got the, they do the headlight polishing. Yeah, paint issue, you know, if you got paint that's fading, peeling, it's cracking, it's cracking. Um, go over there and talk to Javier. He'll get you fixed up. Um, and then, uh, Merle's Automotive. Merle's Automotive, um, right down the road from me kind of nice to have a big warehouse just literally literally i used to have to stock parts i never stock any parts anymore because i could just it literally it's 30 seconds away from me 40 40 15 south dodge so it's this dodge and ajo uh on the south side of the road right there next to the uh copenhagen copenhagen so if you want to find some auto parts and some and some fine furniture you'll see the copenhagen sign go to the back and you'll see uh merle's they got a machine shop in there they're open today Give those guys a call, uh, 520-889-7202, if I remember right. Let me look at my phone. That's right. <laughs> 520-889-7202. Yes, folks, I have dialed it a bunch of times. <laughs> a bunch of times there have I go. dialed that phone number. <laughs> so I uh, just want to get those guys in there today. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping Jerry out because you know, all those sponsors really do a great job helping Jerry out. And, you know, so we got to keep Jerry going. Because he's he's been here a while. There you go. Make sure he stays around. So, right. Well, you know, you just uh, mentioned new vehicles. You know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. I that's just. I I can't even imagine going out and buying a new vehicle. I I just couldn't. I mean, when they cost. Back in the day when I bought our house, it was only $104,000. You're talking a vehicle that costs almost what a house costs? That's insane. And I see a lot of our customers are looking at that, and they're going, I'm not going that route. I need a motor for my vehicle. I like my vehicle. I, I get this a lot. Customer says, I like my vehicle. It looks great. Interior's great. Enjoy it. It's paid for. License plates are cheap. Insurance is cheap. Put a motor in it. It needs a motor. Put a motor in it. Well, motor's $3,500, like for a little Kia Soul 2014. We just did one for a gentleman because he said he liked his car and wanted to replace the engine. So 3500 for an engine, a couple thousand for the labor. The other miscellaneous things, you know, your parts totals about thirty nine hundred bucks. The labor totals around two thousand. Boom, for around six thousand dollars, you've got new, you know, new powertrain. That's, I mean, that's probably about what the sales tax would be on a brand new vehicle. Think about it. So a lot of people are saying, you know. They like their vehicle. They're replacing the engine. They're replacing the transmission. Or they're replacing the clutch. You know, they're doing the big jobs. I've seen it more and more and more. The people are 
repairing their vehicles. They're taking on that big repair that they, you know, 20, 25 years ago, they wouldn't have. They say back then, they the word was, I'll just go buy a new car. Well, people aren't doing that anymore. More and more out there doing the big jobs. So heads up on that. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, I read an article just the other day about Ford um, because pricing is so high on vehicles. Ford is is introduced a patent at the U.S. Uh, patent Office for vehicle recovery. And so what it does, so think about this, folks. You're going to buy your brand-new vehicle. It's $70,000 by the time your tax title license and your old recapable tire. Because they didn't give you a new spare. They gave you an old recapable one, right? So um, $70,000, and they realize that that's a lot of money for Ford Motor Credit. So what they've come up with is, is a computer program in your new vehicle. And if you don't make your payments, it makes your vehicle very, very, un, very difficult to drive. So, like, the radio won't work. The Internet doesn't work. The air conditioning doesn't work. It makes it has a lot. It'll start beeping at you. It will start intermittently beeping at you, telling you that you need to make contact. It will through the radio or the nav system. It will tell you that you need to contact the lender. That because the lender isn't um, isn't uh, happy with it, you haven't paid the bill. Then, if you continue to ignore it, it will derate your vehicle. And then, at the very last, it will self-drive the vehicle a predetermined location for a repo truck to pick it up. Now imagine that. I'm going to evade because I because I thought I could afford this seventy thousand dollar or hundred by then, you know, thousand dollar vehicle. And so Ford says, That's great, but we're gonna get our property back. And here's what we're gonna do. If you don't want to play with us, we'll take our vehicle back. And they, and if you go in to try and it's set up, you know, oh, I can hack into that? Mm, yeah, okay, guess again, folks. I know that people think that hacking vehicle computers is easy. Ask Brian. <laughs> Just getting the code down is, is, is tough. So you're, they're going to make it so they get their vehicle back. So that $70,000 car that you can't afford is going to get returned to Ford Motor Credit. So how would how would you like that? The vehicle tells you that not only are you you're not up to payments, or and heaven forbid that you you know belong to a bank that goes out of business, like the one in California. You know what was it? Two hundred billion dollar bank goes away, and you miss your payment, and now your car turns off because somebody came up with this great plan that says, hey, by the way, um, your car is getting repoed because, and we're helping them. The manufacturer's helping them because. We think that you're not um, credit worthy. How do you like that? Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? These computers, you know, it it's exactly that. You're driving a computer with wheels, you know, and the difficulty of repairing them uh, is is just beyond what you can even imagine. And you know, we do we do a lot of reprogramming as well. And, you know, I always said back in the day when they went all Internet, you know, based to reprogram, because back in the day I got a little disc in the mail, 
and I'd load it onto the PC. There was no walking through eggshells. It was a simple process. You do a pass-through from the standalone PC through the scan tool into the vehicle. Voila. No problems, no big deal. Done. Programmed. Today, well, they don't send out that little disk anymore. I don't get them. And I said, this is the beginning of a huge problem. Okay, so you've got your GM vehicle. We'll go pick on them for a little bit. The website doesn't work. Or your Internet connection is slow today. You're sitting here and you're waiting and waiting and waiting for it to do the download. And in the middle of the download, it crashes. Oh, boy. Now we have a problem. You know, it it went from... I used to be able to reprogram a vehicle within 15 to 30 minutes. So I had a GM vehicle the other day to reprogram one of the modules. It took me over two hours to get through the complete process of doing it. Two hours of my life. I couldn't even charge for half of that. You know, so, I mean... It's gotten very, very complicated. Now, Ford, on the other hand, they're not so bad. They seem to have it kind of figured out because the, I have the Ford factory uh, software on my laptop and access to their information, which isn't free, by the way. It's almost $1,000 a year now for Ford that I have to pay. Even though I own the Ford IDS uh, uh, software on my computer, I own it, but at the end of my subscription year, well, it stops working. <laughs> so you have to pay that money out. But their deal works pretty well. I mean, I, the Fords, uh, they're our number one vehicle that comes through our shop. Uh, I get a lot of them. I could justify buying that software for it. And, and the, the the thing just works. And re- the reprogramming on a Ford is relatively simple in most cases. I've had some where the security systems are a huge challenge to get them up and synced again. So, you know, again, this is something your you, do-it-yourselfer is just not going to be able to do. It's just not possible. Not possible at all. Well, boy, we're at the bottom of the hour. We only got about 30 minutes left here. Remember, you can call in at 719-1490. That's 719-1490. And it's not getting any better. It's, it's they're not. It's not making it any more any any easier for us to for the vehicles to get worked on. And if they're gonna if they're gonna make it so they can repo the vehicle anytime they wish, or if they believe your credit not worthy. Um, imagine what a what a good used vehicle will be worth, a pre 2022 vehicle in good condition. Somebody goes, hey, I can't, I don't want to deal with Big Brother. I don't want to deal with the internet. I don't want to deal with that. I just need a good running car that I can get back and forth to work in. All of a sudden, the vehicle that is well maintained is now going to have some, will have much better value because. One, the guy doesn't want to or can't afford, or they won't let him buy a new vehicle. Two, 
he's got your he you've got this great vehicle that he can't afford or can more likely afford and he can drive it around with a lot less headache so when when you're you're not just maintaining um your vehicle think of it this way you're maintaining an asset just like you're fixing your house your house is going to appreciate and we talk about vehicle depreciation a lot um but there comes a point in time when vehicles stop depreciating and start appreciating so some, something that, that is in good condition, that's well-maintained. Right now, we've even seen how used car prices are, are, are much higher than they ever were. And good maintained vehicles bring premium, premium dollar. So imagine when it's, it's much more difficult or it's so cumbersome to get, to get it worked on. Now, that being said, this, as it's the new norm, we'll, we'll all accept it and go on to a point, but there will be people who don't want to do that. And if they can run across your good vehicle because you're getting out of it, that will b- actually bring a lot more value to the table. They, they don't, people don't want to buy old junky stuff. Old junky stuff's easy to find. Stuff that's wore out, beat up, not maintained, they just walk away from because they don't want that headache. But a clean, a, a, a decently maintained uh, vehicle uh, with that's in that's looks like it's been taken care of will bring good money and i mean i don't know is that does that sound wrong brian oh this sure will bring good money you know and like you know you say the cost of these things i'll take for instance my wife's ford f-150 you know this vehicle uh, was a customer of ours and uh had you know, over 100,000 miles on it, and the timing chains exploded in it and the cam phasers and everything else, and, you know, it needed a motor, basically, because it sent shrapnel throughout the engine oil and got into everything. Customer decides he doesn't want to fix it, and he says, hey, if you'll waive the labor for your diagnostics and tests, I'll give you the title. I says, that's a no-brainer. I'll take that. So then the vehicle sits here, and I didn't do anything with it for months. And my wife comes down, and she says, why don't you fix that vehicle? I says, well, we own that vehicle. She says, well, it's a good-looking truck, you know, crew cab, four-wheel drive, F-150 Lariat. She says, I'd drive that truck. I says, okay, I'll fix it for you. I replaced everything under the hood except for the power steering gear in the power steering pump. And I mean, I replaced everything under the hood. Engine, air conditioning, everything. Master so everything. Radiator, condenser, AC, everything under the hood. Started up and drive it. You know, now keep in mind, too, I got a three-year unlimited mileage warranty on the motor, which is a pretty cool deal. It's kind of like having a new car in itself, right? So uh, I've done all this stuff, and I've got, I figured my labor into it, all the parts at what normal cost would be for a customer. I had less than $10,000 into this vehicle, which included a new set of tires, a new set of brakes, a new set of rotors, and a new set of shocks. All but a new vehicle for right around $10,000 parts and labor. 
Now, a new Lariat today costs seventy grand. I think I got a pretty good deal. And we like the truck. You know, I went as far to also found a place in uh, Texas that had the leather uh, seat covers. Factory. Just like the factory ones. So I bought a driver's seat, lower and upper, leather. A passenger seat, lower, leather. I had the rest of the vehicle completely detailed. Inside and out, it looks like brand new. And we like it. And it's paid for. And the insurance is cheap, as well as the license plate. Did it make sense to do that? I sure think so. It made so much sense that the following year when the transmission went out, I didn't hesitate. I just picked up the phone, called the Ford dealer, and said, send me a transmission. I didn't even hesitate. Not for a minute. So now, let's add the transmission into it. So I've got a new motor, a new transmission, three-year unlimited mileage on the both. The rest of the vehicle is in perfect condition. And I've got less than $15,000 into this vehicle. I think that was a pretty smart thing to do. It, that makes, you know, that's, um, that's a significant um, uh, cost reduction for a vehicle that'll probably, that you can easily get 10, you know, 15 years worth of service out of. So, at, Absolutely. At, you know, at 15 years, at 10 years, you know, 15 grand, that's $1,500 a year. Fifteen hundred dollars a year, and and what's a new uh, a payment on a new truck is probably seven hundred dollars a month. So you know, at the minimum, at, yeah, yeah, at the minimum, they're looking at eighty five hundred dollars a year compared to fifteen hundred. Um, and that's why that's why the doing the repairs is 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 uh, so critical because you can keep that going, and not to mention uh, the plates alone on a new vehicle got to be i i, I want to say they're probably every bit of um that's on 70 grand they're probably a thousand about fourteen hundred dollars for um well i won't forget the day that you know my wife says you need a new vehicle i says why i've never had one i don't think i need one but no she talked me into it drugged me down to the dealership and we leave with a brand-new GMC 2500 HD diesel. I will never forget that day. Those license plates were like close to eighty or $800 for the year. I'm going, are you kidding me? I can't imagine what they are today. I can't. Not to mention, too, the insurance. It's got to be outrageous on a new vehicle. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm sure you're right. So when I when I on my vehicles when I have to register them, they're a minimum. <laughs> they're a minimum of twenty five hundred dollars a vehicle. And let's see the on a on a semi truck. Uh, let's see what it, tell you what it is here real quick. Um, on 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 a semi truck, not even a new one. On a 
on a on a on a few year old semi truck, you're looking at six thousand dollars a year just for registration. So if you know if <laughs> if you want to talk if you want to talk cash, come over to my side. It's um it's a, it costs a lot of money to register vehicles, and there's and there's no way around it. I get it; it's how the state makes their money, but you know, and 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 there are arguments that other states have have you know only have twenty dollar license plates, but that'll get you in a different way. They have they have other states have like Texas and Missouri have have personal property tax where you where you have to go down to the to the whatever to the tax office and pay, you know, a personal property tax, which is as much as what we pay for registration. It doesn't really matter. The point is you're going to pay. If it's if it's a new vehicle, you're going to pay a good money for for license plates. And that's and that again, so if you just if you take into account the payment, you know, it's it's uh, you know, 8 so let's say $700 a month and you're paying, you know, it's and it's Twelve hundred dollars a year. That's another hundred dollars a month. So just another hundred dollars a month just for uh, license, and then you're probably paying at least two fifty a month for insurance. You know, and maybe maybe two hundred a month. You know, maybe maybe fourteen hundred, eh, maybe twenty two thousand. Eh, maybe 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 you're old like me and you got no tickets and you know you only drive a little bit. <laughs> Or you're, hopefully you'd only drive a little bit. Maybe you're down to the fifteen hundred dollar inch. Maybe you're at you know one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Well, that's a grand a month right there, folks. You're, you're pushing a thousand dollars a month just to have that new vehicle. And that didn't even put any gas in it. No gas, no tires, no oil changes. <laughs> so, and uh, you know what? Electrics cost the same. You, electric vehicles, you get to pay full registration on them too now. So. Just because it's electric doesn't mean you don't get to pay. They they got rid of that rule that says that electrics don't have to pay reg- have to pay five bucks. They get to pay full pop too. So no gas with yep. electric, but you, you still get to pay full insurance and full and full registration. So um, in any way you cut it, it's not going to be cheap. No, nope, not at all. Compared, Remember, you can call in at 719-1490. That's 719-1490. We only have about... Fifteen minutes left here. These two hours are flying by. But yeah, like you say, you take into all those costs and things, and that's why today's motoring public are, you know, even if they have to go to their credit union or somewhere to borrow the money to put that engine in or put that transmission in or do that big repair to the front end of the of the vehicle, which you know, can cost a bunch. I mean, even if they have to go borrow it for, you know, a 12-month loan or 24-month loan, it's still cheaper and makes sense to fix your car. And a lot of people are doing that today. I have just seen, I've seen more people putting serious money into their vehicles today than I've ever seen in years. And it makes sense. You know, it just does. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, at times, you know, there is a point in time when you have to give up the ghost. I mean, if you crash the car or somebody, you know, heaven forbid somebody crashes into you, it still happens. Somebody crashes into you, there's no, uh, they got no insurance, they got no driver's license, they got no registration, and they drive off. Happens every day, folks. I see it all the time. 
somebody you're driving down the road minding your own business and somebody crashes into you you know hopefully you're not injured and they and they get they jump in their car and and leave there's no no license plate on the car or it's expired or it's from a different vehicle um they got no insurance no registration and you're on your own now and you can yeah. call and file a police report and you're basically you're on your own so you have to you're turning it to your insurance and maybe your insurance totals the car and gives you, you know, what they feel is a good value for it, whether that's right or wrong, that's what you're going to get. Um, um, and now you're, now you're stuck. Now, now you're looking for the vehicle that has been well-maintained or you're looking at new. So sometimes your, your hand, you know, your hand is forced and you're, now you're required to make that decision. So it's, it's amazing some ways, sometimes how, how things play out, you, you just don't know. And you'll, if you haven't been car shopping, and I always say this because if you, if I do look at new car prices, why? Because I want to keep up on things. I, I like to go look at vehicles. I, I'm I'm interested in vehicles. Obviously, um, I go look at stuff. I look at what what options are out there. Look at what t- it takes to do this stuff. Um, and um, if you haven't went car shopping, or you know, or if you're going to do online car shopping, although I don't know how anybody can buy a vehicle without pr- looking at it first. I know that there are online uh, venues that sell vehicles that drop it at your house and drive away and wave as they drive away, going enjoy. <laughs> I mean, is that just does that just blow your mind, Brian? Is that just like the most unfathomable thing on the planet? Can you imagine just having a vehicle dropped at your house and saying enjoy, have a nice day, without and buying I it without ever? I, even... I mean, if I couldn't get you know touch the vehicle. Get in it, drive it, you know, kick the tires, open the hood, look around. If I couldn't do that, I I wouldn't buy it. I do not recommend buying a used car without getting a pre-purchase inspection. Get a pre-purchase inspection before you buy that used car. Make sure that you're not buying somebody's huge problem being masked by something, you know. That's one thing you don't want to do. Spend every dime that you got on that used vehicle and then turn around and you have to spend a whole bunch more. Pre-purchase inspection. And and exactly... Again, you can call in at 719-1490. What was that, Jim? A friend of mine bought a... um, a uh, terrain, a, a 14 terrain GMC. Looked like a little good car. Um, they bought it and they drove it. Two months into it, the motor goes bad because it had a because it had because it consumed oil. I don't know. Do GMC terrains have bad motors, Brian? Not the best. Not the best. Okay, so they so they got it fixed. Bought a used motor, supposedly a 30,000 mile motor. Of course. They don't live in this state, so I don't have to worry about have to worry about towing it. Bought another motor, and within a month, the motor's burning oil again. So, um, a little, I mean, I'm sitting. To me, it just seems amazing that you know you have a you have a motor on a car that that is is inherently defective. That just that just blows me away. So. Um, and as how how would you know that? How would you know that it's got a that 
a bad the, the, that vehicle has has a bad engine. When if they were coming to you for a uh, a pre-purchase inspection, would you cue somebody in and say, "Hey, by the way, GMs or trains don't you know have inherently defective motors"? Is that something you guys would know? In some cases, yes. You know, I mean, we get a lot of different vehicles that come through the shop, and we know what can be good and what can be bad. You know, some of these vehicles are more labor intrusive than than others to do. Like, for instance, a rack and pinion. That's not an easy job on any vehicle. Some take an hour or two. Others take five or six. We know these things on these different cars. What, you know, what cars require more labor to do something than the other car. We know that. And we could advise of that. You know, hey, that Chevy Transverse, that rack and pinion, takes twice as long to change as it does in most other vehicles. Just a thought. Because I can, you can almost count on the thing's going to fail at one point in its journey through life. You know? And other things like, you know, some vehicles... The AC compressor is really easy to change. Others, it's mounted on the bottom of the engine, and you all but have to lower the subframe out of it to get the AC compressor out of it. So instead of a one-hour air conditioning compressor change, you've got one that's going to take three or four. So all these different things that do fail eventually on your vehicle, we know. And we remember... Oh, yeah, that model there, buddy, that requires three times the labor to do anything on than this other vehicle over here. And we could advise you of that. And we do that when we do a pre-purchase inspection. And with that knowledge, you can, you know, decide, do I really want that one or should I find something else? So it's the best thing that you can do to get a pre-purchase inspection. And if and if you have a vehicle that you automatically know is going to have, hey, by the way, this type of vehicle, um, you know, we've replaced a lot of motors or we've read a lot of of motor issues with this. I know it looks great, but be aware that it could start it could start having this failure, and this is what it's going to cost. So and and the new motor is going to be have the same issue, or it's going to have a similar issue. So, you know, maybe we should steer clear of that model. Because that's you know that's important information that the last time I checked the online people do not cue you into oh they give you they give you all the great reviews but they don't cue you into the fact oh by the way this thing is going to cost you a lot more money in the long run than this other one I mean it shouldn't really matter then what you buy but you know hey I like the I like that I like the look of that and I like the color so I'm going to buy it which is basically what you're doing online. I, I look if if and and you and I both know Brian. You just said you wouldn't touch it, can't get into it. I looked at a truck one day and I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was going to be the best truck ever. I got and went and sat in it, and it was and immediately knew that I couldn't drive it because it was too uncomfortable for me. I got out of it. I said sorry, can't. I'm not buying it. And I don't know how you would how you would know that without without um, um, actually physically touching it first. And, and I understand that the online services, you know, have, you know, the whatever the warranty is. So turn it back in five days or seven days or three days or whatever the case may be. But, you know, it's not Amazon, folks. 
they don't want to take their cars back. That's not that doesn't make them money. They do not make money taking cars back. They make money selling cars. So I've never been through the procedure, but I'd love to hear from somebody who has. I'd love to hear from somebody who's who's bought a car from one of the online services, you know, and had it dropped off and didn't like it. What what it took to get one? What it got? What it took to return the car? You know, that could, that I can see that as a whole new set of uh, ordeal. A whole talk about talk about being on customer service hold for in eternity. You know, hey, my car. I don't like the vehicle that I got, and um, you need to come pick it up. And no, I'm not paying you. And even though you've already I signed the agreement, I'm not paying it. You know, I I could just see that as just another hassle that I don't need to go through when buying a car. I mean, does that that make sense, right, Brian? Why why put why yeah. yourself into that situation? It, I I can't imagine having to go through that. You know, I mean. <laughs> What a waste of time, you know. So, you know, you got to know if you like the car. If you don't like the car, what a drag having a car payment on something you don't like to drive, you know. So, yeah, pre-purchase inspection, make sure you like the car, you know, know its history. Um, Speaking of history, can you get the history on the vehicle of the repairs that have been done? Now, sure you can. If you constantly go to the same repair facility, they'll have the history of all the repairs on your vehicle. Like so many of our customers. I mean, I've got 28 years of people that have followed us and come here faithfully. They can ask me the question, hey, when was it that I did such and such repair? I can go back through the history. Tell them exactly when, why they did the repair, what it cost. There, you've got that information. I've also had people that, you know, they've sold their car that we've worked on for years and years and years and years. And the benefit of going and sticking with the same repair facility, being loyal with that repair facility, here's what you get in return. You can go to that repair facility, like you can come here. The customer says, hey, I want to sell my car. But I'm having a little trouble gathering up all the history of all the repairs. I think it would be beneficial for the sale and good for the upcoming owner if they had the history. Can you print all that out for me? Well, sure I can. be more than happy to help you out with your sale. Maybe you'll make a little more money. So I print out all the history on the vehicle. That's why you find a good repair facility. You stick with that repair facility so they can help you. That's what I'm here for, to help you with your vehicle. I mean, I've got vehicles. uh, I've got one vehicle that I'll pick on again was the uh, Honda Accord. He's been coming here faithfully for years and years and years. Started working on that vehicle when it had about 60,000 miles on it. It's now got over 500,000 miles on it. Same motor, same transmission. I'm not making this up. We've done multiple timing belts to that vehicle, multiple water pumps, thermostats, transmission flushes, power steering flushes, engine oil changes, Faithfully, 
every 3,000 miles he changes his engine oil. And whenever we do the inspection, we report back to him the condition of all the other fluids in the rest of the vehicle. And when something's needed, he fixes it. His reward, 500,000 miles. We helped him do that. And we can help everyone out there do that, too, because that's what we do. Remember, you can call Automotive Specialist at 572-1734. We're open Monday through Friday. Well, boy, our two hours is about up here, Jim. We're just about done. Yeah, we got about a minute left. Again, for all of you, um, give us a call if you need anything, 572-1734. Don't forget, if you need a tow, call Jim at 748-1100. That's 748-1100, Frontier Towing. Give them a call. I've been dealing with them for 30 years, and it's just been great. I mean, they've towed everything. They've towed Dad's old farm tractor out to the Pima County Fair, and I had a lift here at the shop that I needed moved, and they moved it out to my other property. They'll they'll move it all. You name it. And we'll and we'll go just like the other callers. We'll we'll go to to Lakeside Pine Top, Big Lake. I've been there. I've been there a long time. Anyway, we're we're thirty seconds left, Brian. We're about out of time. As always, a pleasure working with you on the radio. I I enjoy the time with you. Thanks for helping. Thank you.